Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. I'm going to speak this morning on His Promise Still Stands. Amen. And uh, that's the title for the podcast. And that's the title you'll hear me refer to. But if we weren't being podcasted and it was just us, I would say, This is us and the whosoever. And that's what this message says. I'm going to read from Mark 2, verse 1. And again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Someone say, Jesus was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. Are you looking forward to a moment that there's no longer room to receive them? And even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. And when they let him down with ropes, at, down on a bed on the, which he was lying, and when Jesus saw their faith, everyone say their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. We'll preach about that in a moment. Dropping down to verse 11, I say to you, rise up, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately, someone say immediately. He rose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. He came in through the roof, but he went out through the door. Come on, somebody. And all of the sudden, everyone was so amazed and glorified God and said, we never saw anything like this. Are you excited to see something you've never seen before? Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. His promise still stands. Reading before I pray, Isaiah, on the Isaiah 40th chapter, why do you say that your just claim is hidden from the Lord? Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he never faints, can I get an amen, nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases their strength even young men shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their and they shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning hallelujah Hallelujah. His promise still stands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit. I'm not here to be a wonder. I'm here to wash the feet of your people, Lord. I'm here to serve as lead pastor and to feed them what they need for today. Lord, minister to them, speak to them, even what I do not say. Come, Holy Spirit, you are so faithful. We know that we will hear from you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. There is a power in all of us. You can't get to where you want to go by yourself. You can't do what you're called to do by yourself. There's a corporate power. There's a corporate anointing. There's the power of all of us is greater than the power of just one of us. The eye cannot say, Paul says in Corinthians, to the hand, I don't need you. The feet can't say to the heart, I don't need you. Your eyes got here this morning because your body brought them. Thank your body right now for bringing your eyes with you. That your body did not send your eyes in alone. Come on, somebody. I have a friend who has a fake eye, and he used to take his eye out and sing during worship and scare everyone like crazy. Come on, someone. There is a power. Chuck, you would do that. I know you would. 
There is a power in us. Even God said, let us make man in our image. So much can't be done and won't be done without the power of us and the power of partnership. His promise still stands. In Mark 2, an individual has paralysis of an issue that has rendered him immobile. But Charles Spurgeon said, every physical miracle in the Bible is a metaphor for a spiritual miracle. A metaphor means something is used to represent something else. Now, there is a literal paralysis in this man, but also it represents immobility. It represents people who cannot move, people who can't move into the future. Since the immobility, since the immobility is the issue. I'll be here all day long. Sometimes the immobility is the result of the issue. Heartbreak can make you immobile and paralyze you. There's a way hearts can be broken that makes you feel paralyzed. You begin to hold yourself hostage to a prison that we call protection. I'm going to protect myself from ever being hurt again. So I'm not going to partner with any of God's people. Disappointment can paralyze you and make you immobile when your expectations are not met. Regret the if only. I should have, I could have. If I had done this, I wouldn't have missed out on that or missed out on this. It will immobilize you. Discouragement will immobilize you. That target is to get you to retreat. Fear, betrayal, and rejection. There's a famous uh, trendy cliche out there on the internet, no new friends. Because my last friends betrayed me. We will never get anywhere as a church. This is us, and this is the story of this is us and the whosoever. If we say, I'm not ready for any new church members. If, we're, if we say, I'm not ready for any new people, they may take my place. No, they're going to add to your place. They're not going to take your place. Can I get an amen? You see, things that immobilize us, I'm willing to be stuck in my present rather than risk the new risk of a new nimbus, and I'll be hurt in pain. I'm going to get into preaching this, but I'm going to tell you three points out of the gate right now that'll help you in case I get lost in the swamp of what I'm going to say, and I hope I do. Number one from this story, there is a partnership with God. Listen to me. God will give you a blueprint, but you've got to build what he gives you. He will not do for you what you can do for yourself. He will show you. God has given me a new idea. I can't speak it, but it's a new idea. I'll be doing it right here in this sea, but it's a new idea. And I'm thinking about it, but I know God is not going to do it for me. God will give you an idea, but you've got to walk the idea out. Secondly, partner with others. You've got to be willing to carry the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of the people around you. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings, don't stone me fan. Huge. Last Sunday night, I was overtired, and I thought, I'm gonna, I wasn't Pastor Hank and I did it. I'm going to watch The Return of the King. It's three hours and 45 minutes. I'm not moving till it's done because it inspires me. I love the teamwork. I love the mission. I love that. There may be a day when men's hearts will fail, but it will not be this day. Sorry. It's one of those statements from Return of the King that Matt and I quote you. But here's the deal. There's a moment when... Uh, Frodo was trying to get the ring to Mordor and, 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 and destroy it. And he's just carried it for three long movies. And he's exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he had a break during the take of the movies, but he's exhausted in this scene. And he's covered with suit. I mean, his hair is everywhere. It's just, it, you, you don't understand the story, so I'm not going to tell you if you've never seen it. But he's carrying the weight of trying to destroy evil. And his best buddy, Frodo, looks at him with tears showing down his face. Sam looks at Frodo and says, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry the ring for you. I can't carry that, but I can carry you. You and I cannot carry the burdens of others, but we can carry them and partner with them that they can fulfill the will of God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you believe it. And thirdly, you have to allow people to partner with you. There's a humility of saying, I'm willing to let people partner with me. This isn't, I'm not a wonder. I'm not a one-woman show. I've done TV. I'll do TV again. I've traveled overseas. That's easy. Sometimes what's difficult is to let people come and partner with you, to let God send people. Jesus came into the earth to bring help, but the Pharisees looked at him as a threat. Are we looking at anyone as a potential threat because they, we think we don't want to partner with them? Someone say, absolutely not. We are on the preface, I think, say it right to yourself when you get home. There you go of something great here but it's going to get messy hang with me proverbs 14 says without oxen a stable stays clean that means you don't <laughs> you don't own an ox i own a cat we ain't gonna go there this morning you can't keep things clean but if you want a large harvest you've got to have a strong ox which means ministry is messy harvest is messy Revival is messy. Bringing in the whosoever is messy. But we've got to be willing to say, I don't want everything clean and OCD. And I'm not talking, I like things clean. You know what I'm saying. I'm talking about ministry here. I don't, I don't have to have everything in perfect order. I just want to say that I want Jesus in the house to do what Jesus has been called to do. However, whenever, whatever he wants to do. Give him praise this morning. Morning. And so this man was immobile, and these four friends saw that Jesus was in the house, and they wanted to get this man to Jesus. But they can't get the miracle unless they can get into the house. The text says that they picked up the paralyzed man and carried him to Jesus. He is the whosoever, as I keep going back and forth between two thoughts for you today. I love it that they picked up what society put out. We are called to pick up what society puts out. We are called to open the doors to those that no one else will open the doors to. I love that God picks up what others put out. In that time and period, they said, destroy any child born with disabilities. Quickly kill them. I'm glad that we've been called to love those that possibly in another time and place, they would have no place. But this is the space. This is the place where we open wide the door and say this is us and the whosoever and his promise still stands somebody give him a praise this morning and christine in a time of no internet no dropped pin location they had to find jesus no text no way to know how long he would be in that house i mean you know the friends had to carry the weight of walking him to get his miracle the weight the heaviness 
hoping that Jesus would still be there. And there was no Facebook Live. I get tickled at people that are watching Facebook Live. I'm on my way to the service. I'm on my way to the service. I'm coming. Betty got her hair twisted, and Bobby just hit Betty, but we're coming. And that's great because it's still going. But they had no GPS tracker. They didn't know that they carry the weight of this man all this way, and they get into the house that Jesus may be gone. They're walking by faith and not by sight. And listen to me. Faith is seen in their willingness to walk with the weight. Ever felt like you're carrying something so heavy? Devin spoke about that this morning, but I'm talking about just life issues. Something that's so heavy. I, um, one of the first times, I, or maybe second time, I went to Chinatown in New York City. I went to preach in New Jersey, and the driver from Maryland, Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore, it's weird how I connect with these people, drove us into uh, the city. We stayed, my, my dear friend Melissa and I, and went to Chinatown. Well, Melissa has an anointing to shop, an anointing to buy. <laughs> and this was back before the popo shut all that down. <laughs> anyway. The police, sorry, that's Medea terminology. Anyway, and they were opening up their coats, Rolex, Rolex, Gucci, 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 come follow me to the Gucci. And I mean, Missy was buying things like she was throwing out cash. I thought, what is she, Ivanka Trump? I mean, she's just throwing out money everywhere. And but what we did, we didn't think about how we were going to carry all this stuff that we were buying. But we had brought a garbage bag with us each. So each of us had a garbage bag and we dragged it through Chinatown. Dragged it through the streets of Fifth Avenue. Hey, the clampets are here. It was so heavy. And there was a moment, well, I mean, she and I are walkers. I, every time I've gone to New York City, which is eight times now, I mean, I walk from one end of, I mean, I, I, I drive Joni Lamb crazy. I drive everybody crazy. I drive Pastor Hank crazy when he used to go with me because I'm just walking from one end of the city. They're just, I just love it back in that day. Probably not today. It's changed. But at any rate, we finally called a taxi. And there's sometimes that things that are so heavy in us, we got to call in a Holy Spirit taxi. Can I get an amen? That I need you to help me. And we went to Australia and England many times with other people, with Kathy Payne and the way she travels. We'd have to take our luggage and she'd say, Rhonda, carry your luggage. You're so little. Carry your luggage up closer to your head. And like, Kathy, I'm doing the best I can. And, 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 and I'm getting through um, underground um, transportations and eight escalators going down in London and Australia trying to get you. Rhonda, Rhonda, watch your back. I was like, I can't watch my back. I'm carrying my bags. And, and at that time when you're carrying something so heavy that if you weren't carrying something so heavy, you could get there faster. Couldn't get an amen. And you start watching the signs and you think sometimes if I could just let go of this. I mean, at that moment you think, I can make it without my clothes. I can make it without my shoes. I can make it out without grandmother's heirloom. I'm just going to leave it right all here in the airport, and I'm just going to go home with nothing but myself. Weight matters. These people carried a weight, and we carry weight in different seasons. Isaiah 40 that I referenced talks like this. We have to live that one line at a time because there's seasons. And these four friends, and I want to go quickly because time is already against me, but these four friends, I believe, are probably in all in different seasons. In fact, Michael Brown, stick, st stand up where you are, please. Michael Cook, stand up where you are, please. Gail Combs and Tina, stand up where you are, please. Let's represent thee, the four friends. And of these four friends, I'm sure there were some that were in seasons of soaring. Soaring means everything's easy. Everything you try, it's just easy. It goes so well. It's such a blessing. And you're soaring. Then if there's probably someone else that was in a season of running hard because it says they will run and not be weary, but run. Running is hard. Can I get an amen? Running is when the boss puts more on you than you had on you in the beginning. Can I get an amen? 
season of hard. One of them was doing that. One of them may have been a season of barely walking and not fainting, which is the hardest season of facing things that are so hard and so absolutely burdensome. And another may have been in any one of these seasons. But here's the deal. God used the four of them in any season you're in right now, whether you're soaring or it's running hard or you're walking and not fainting. None of those things eliminate you from doing the will of God and fulfilling your mission. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Thank you. You can be seated, guys. Thank you. And the most important thing I said before is don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself if you're in the walking and not fainting season, which you're just making it through. Like tonight, I just made it through. I just, I, I got in bed. I'm just speaking for you. I, I don't even know what I accomplished today, but I'm alive. You're in that season of walking and not fainting. But usually you'll sit at church by someone who's sore. You ever felt been by a sore at church? And they're like, whoop, hallelujah. That's me all the time, but I'm not always sore. And I know I'm a bit, but I'm dramatic. I get it. It's all good. But the seasons that you're in does not disqualify you, I'm sure. Anyone ever felt that you carried something so heavy for so long you wanted to drop it? Can I get an amen? but they still carried him. Anyone ever felt like you've been carrying something so long that you ran out of hope, belief and expectation and anticipation that you're going to be able to release that thing? They're walking with the weight of that man, hoping that when they get to Jesus, he is going to make the weight worth the weight. When King Jesus interrupts our life, the weight of believing, W-E-I-G-H-T, the heaviness of believing for something is absolutely dispelled when Jesus says, you know what, it's mine now. Here's your miracle. Someone give Jesus a praise and faith for what he's doing because he says you've got to keep moving. Abraham and Sarah carried the weight of waiting on the promise. And even their servants, the people that took care of their camels were producing 20 children at a time and every night they had to go to bed and want to cry themselves to sleep why is it happening for everyone else but not me but they kept going maybe you understand how they felt today Noah the weight of believing for something that no one had ever built Joseph the weight of waiting for God to fulfill his dream can you and I when we are carrying the weight the heaviness during the weight for God to work can we believe and see the goodness of the Lord when there's no vision the Bible says the vision is for a pointed time but wait for it and that's powerful well we love to quote that in January don't we the vision is yet for a pointed time it's January 1st everything's changed December 15th. The vision is yet for an appointed time. It's true. Because there's a weight to carrying a vision. For your job, for your business, for your marriage, for families, for your recovery. There's a weight to where we are at this church. We used to think being a part of the elite group that I was a part of, the Bucket Brigade, that we were just picking water up off the roof. That was a weight, but now we're another weight of What's it going to look like when we get to the new place come February? But more about that later. What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? That's another weight 
But I'm going to tell you, the Lord Jesus is in the house. And we land together as Church of the Harvest, where God has called us to be. And we say the vision is now stepping into what one of the prophets in my life said, a very new, powerful beginning. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Zacharias and Elizabeth had to carry the weight of waiting for a child. The Bible says they were barren, but blameless. They were devoid of something. I'm sure they saw so many children born. They went to so many bar mitzvahs. They really weren't there yet, but to bring it. And I'm sure they came home and cried and said, when is this going to change? Anyone felt like you're carrying something so heavy, believing for something, you want to drop it. The Lord says to you and I today, his promise still stands. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. All through the ages, God has made the weight worthy of the weight. He says, I will give you beauty for the ashes that broke your heart. I will turn your mourning into dancing. I will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And it will be worth the weight because God is doing new and wonderful things. Someone say hallelujah. You ever interviewed somebody that came through something so horrible. People have done this with me. Speaking of the time when I was divorced 35 years ago and everything I went through living with an addict and all that, that was miraculously turned around. But And they'll say, how did you get through? How did you survive? And I'll say, you know what? I, I look back now and I don't have the ability to reconnect to that pain anymore. I know that pain. I remember that pain. But I don't have the ability to reconnect with that pain because Jesus has has turned the page and a new season has brought something new. I believe the spirit of the Lord would say to people in the house this morning, there is a moment coming when the season shifts. You will not be able to reconnect to the pain of yesterday. You will not begin to feel it anymore. Somebody give him a praise in this house. And there they are walking, carrying this man, get him to Jesus. But when they get there, this is the tough part. They discover they're not the only one that had that idea. It's crowded. It's super crowded. And it's a crowded group of people that want what they want. They're after the same thing that they're after. And they could have said, I'm not going to go forward there's too many people. When I first started preaching, honest confession here, 36 years ago, I discovered there was a lot of women preachers all over the world. And I thought, why should I preach? There's so many of them. Why should I bring my gift? Sometimes we look at our gift and the way the Lord could use us and we think it's too crowded in there. There's too many people doing what God called me to do. But I've got news for you about your gift, your talent, and your anointing. You bring something to the table that nobody else does. The way God anoints you. Give him a praise this morning. And they could have gone home without the miracle because they didn't like the wait. You ever gone to a restaurant? We did this one time as a family. And we're all calling other restaurants to see if the wait's any, any shorter. And then we calculate how long would it take us to get there and how long is that wait. And, and we were all working our phones. And finally, you just get so hungry, you pull through a McDonald's and eat a Big Mac. Come on. You settle for less because you didn't want to wait. And often, we settle for less because we don't want to W-A-I-T. 
they couldn't even get close to the door. And listen to me by the Spirit. The door is the only way into the room, at least they thought. At first they thought. You see, something I'm trying to get to, something I'm trying to believe, but there's only one door and I can't get in the door. I can't get into the room, so the assumption is there's no room for me. There's no room for me. The enemy will continually tell you about your gift, your acts of service, your kindness. There's no room for you. And then we begin to hear that if it doesn't happen the way I thought it would, if it doesn't happen in the time that I thought it would, I'm going to assume that it's just not going to happen. His promise still stands. Can I get an amen? If I can't get in the door and I can't get in the room... Often faith has to survive walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What do you mean, Pastor Rhonda? I mean the shadow of the expectation of how and when something was supposed to happen. When you expect something, you put forth that extra effort for something, and it looks like it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden, you begin to feel something trying to kill your expectation or shrink it. Or we'll adjust our expectation because they could have adjusted it because the room was crowded and they couldn't get into the door. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ was in the room, and they were determined. We're going to get our need into the presence of Jesus. You've got to get a a little bit of Teflon faith and I do too to say it may be crowded it may have been a long time but my faith has survived this the strength of my faith is revealed in my ability to survive disappointments can I get an amen the question is when disappointment comes and I'm, I'm very much state making marking myself in the right way because I want to get these words in does faith leave or does it keep holding on you see, everything looked unlikely, but unlikely and impossible are two different things. God works in the impossible. God works in the impossible of the realm of impossible. I give you 42 ways this can happen, God. And God said, you've obviously assumed something of me that's not true. They understood that because they decide to go on the roof. And listen to me. Faith will birth creativity in you, and you'll see things you never saw before. The fact that they went that way is proving an indicator that other people tried to go that way, but that other people didn't go that way. They didn't see what they say. I want to tell you this morning, the anointing on your life, the faith on your life will cause you to see answers to problems you were called to solve. The anointing on you will give you remedies you never thought of. But we put God in a box. God uses Pastor Rondon this way. I'm trying not to pick on y'all. It's more about y'all than me. And he needs to use me that way. And God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to use you in the way I've called to use you. Enoch walked with God and he was no more. So then here comes Abraham thinking, I'm going to walk with God and be taken up too. And God says, oh, no, you're not. You're going to build an ark and build an altar. And then Isaac said, I'm going to build an ark and an altar. And God says, no, you're going to dig wells. And then Moses comes and says, I'm going to go up like Enoch. And God says, no, you're going to take my people out of Egypt. Then Joshua comes up and says, my turn. I'm going to, I'm going to take people out of stuff. God says, no, 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 no. You're going to take the people into the promised land. I've I say to you today, Church of Harvest, this is our Joshua moment. This is the moment that we are preparing to possess the land. Give Jesus a shout of praise in this house. Give Jesus a shout of praise. I'm trying to be as pastoral as I can. It's very important that I obey what he gave me. Don't compare the way God is using someone else to the way God is using you. 
You limit yourself and you limit God when you do that. Jesus healed people in such different ways. Again, other people didn't go by the way of the roof, but the anointing will cause you to have answers for your life. When Samson broke the ties on his arms, he saw the jawbone sitting at his feet and he picked it up. You see, God will anoint you that you'll see something as a tool that you never saw before. You didn't understand. And he takes the enemy out. God will show you that you can do more with less just like he did Samson. Holy Spirit will anoint you in a way Way that you will see something you've never seen before. The anointing that came upon Deborah picked her up and carried her through. But Jephthah came along in the book of Judges. These prophets were found and he had the anointing to break the rejection off of his life. Gideon had anointing that clothed him. I'm going to tell you this morning, there is an anointing over you that's for a cause. It's for a circumstance. It's for your life. And the anointing will cause you to leave things better than you found them. Can I get an amen and that's you I heard old preachers say the anointing has just wrecked me the anointing has exhausted me I don't know that Holy Spirit in fact when I preach under the anointing like I feel right now I feel like I could jump on this roof and leap over the cars the street when the anointing comes upon me it does not exhaust me it exhilarates me not just when I'm preaching whether it's queen for a day or talking to people I've talked to all over this city this week in different situations the anointing does not come to destroy you that's an old fallacy the anointing comes to cause you to be able to do what you could not do before somebody give him a shout of praise and I'm going to tell you something. We, the anointing works in different ways. We are not a cookie-cutter church. And God help us if we ever look like that. Like the Stepford people, we all dress in the same color. It's just weird. We all wear the same. We have outfits. We are going to get some whosoever t-shirts, and those are going to be sold. <laughs> but anyway. People say to me, I, well, not me, so how can I dress come to your church? I said, whatever you dress, you'll see yourself. Except if you streak, you're not going to see that. And they just laugh. I can't believe she said that to me. I say, you'll see someone cut off jeans, holes, flip-flops. You'll see someone with a tank top, summer. You'll see someone dressed like me. You'll see yourself. Because we're not a cookie-cutter people. We are a unique church. We need more Asians. We need more African Americans. We need more Romanians. I don't care, Lord, open the door to culture. And this is the thing. You may have the anointing to bring someone in that would have never come to this church. The anointing is on you to be an individual, and you will be the connection. You'll be the roof crasher for someone. You'll bring them in. We don't all praise the same way. I know I'm a little bit much during praise. And maybe you just want to sit down and think, don't you ever, in my young days, I was so hard on that. I'm going to tell you what I know now. You reach out to God and Jesus Christ in the way that works for you, in the way that works for you, as long as you're worshiping Jesus Christ. Can I get a hand clap of praise? We are not going to require people to look like us, stand like us, be like us, dress like us. That's a cult, and we are not a cult. We are the kingdom of Jesus Christ in the earth. We are the whosoever church. Somebody praise him. And that roof was not like our roof. Come start helping me, Chris. I'm not quite done, so people don't move. Think, hey, she's about done, but he's just going to create an atmosphere. 
the roof was not like ours, as you've probably studied. Probably most of you have seen The Chosen. That's where you're getting all your biblical doctrine from. And, hey, you, 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 you use it. You use it. You go with it. That's great. That's awesome. I love it. I'd like to go help the director at Chosen. But at any rate, the roof was not like ours. It was a flat roof. But here's the deal. The flat roof had a stairwell that led up to it, every one of those houses. And they saw the stairwell, but the stairwell had been there all the time, but nobody else saw it. It didn't magically appear. But no one went in that way. The crowds were so big, there was not room to receive. The faith of God on your life, the anointing on your individual life, will let you see stairs into places that other people have missed. If you believe it, say amen. Don't you think that's not about you? We need to say, open our eyes, God, to the provision. Abraham had to be shown the ram in the thicket, the provision. You see, we've got to be those people that say, there's an answer to get this done. There's another door. And what's interesting, it doesn't tell us. I doubt all four of them saw the door at one time. I bet one of them saw it, but the Bible doesn't give him credit. It says the four. Don't you love it? We don't have to worry who gets the credit. Don't you love it? I used to work with a Christian ministry. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, y'all going to have to extend me five minutes. I used to work in a Christian ministry, and there was a man that I worked with. And if one of us said, I had this idea when I woke up that morning. You know, just being humble. And we would say the idea. He goes, I had that idea last night at 9 o'clock. Then the next time this leadership thing would take place, someone would say, I have an idea. And he said, I had that. They said, I had it at 4. I had it at 2.30. I don't know where it happened to that man. I don't, I, I, it doesn't matter to me. But I remember sitting there feeling the sting of the stigma of that. And thinking, I don't want to be that person. If you come up with an idea I've not heard, I'm all ears for it. You come up as a church, we work together. The one maybe saw it. But it says in the script that Jesus saw their faith. Everyone say their faith. It's like Jesus saw them looking down their faith as they lowered the man but listen what did the man see the man is on a mat and as they're lowering him down all he can see is the eyes of those who believe in him when everybody else turned away from him that said we're going to do whatever it takes his promise still stands over your life Dr. Henry uh, Cloud great uh, author we have heard him at Celebrate Recovery International Summits and a prolific author well-known all over the world, was ministering to a very well-known Christian name. We'll call him Joe. They never told his name. He's known all over the world, but he got into a bad place. And he was in a house of recovery, and he had a relapse. It wasn't drugs. It was something else. And he wasn't going to come to the next morning meeting. And Dr. Cloud said, come on, Joe. Joe, you've got to come. You've got to come. Joe sat down, and Dr. Cloud said, Joe, I want you to un unbear the burden that you've been carrying for so long. I want you to tell everyone in this group what you've been dealing with and for the first time Joe painfully shared he could hardly talk his tears were streaming down his face and he kept looking down as he unloaded this horrific thing in his life and all of a sudden Dr. Cloud said Joe Joe open your eyes open I can't I can't doctor I can't yes you can Joe look around the room of the people sitting with you 
And when he lifted up with tears streaming down his face and opened his eyes, every man in that group was weeping with Joe. And they were crying. There was no shame. There was no, you shouldn't be this way. I'm going to tell you, this church is always going to be a church that will say, you can look us in the eye while you're going through something that you don't want to be going through. You can look us in the eye. You will not see shame. You will not see condemnation in these eyes. You will not say you should be locked up. And I'm not speaking of legal breaking laws. This man had just bared a burden. We are the whosoever and this is the story of us and the whosoever. Someone say amen. I've sat in rooms and watched people and looked them in the eyes if they've unveiled abortions. I've smelled the smell as I walked them through healing of what they smelled. I don't know how that's possible. I've sat with them in all better things and the most beautiful thing is when we're done crying and they open up their eyes and the spirit of the Lord himself. I've just witness what he just absolutely did surgery on and when we open our eyes and they look at me they're always looking will she look different at me now will she see something different you see I was the paralytic I know what it's like to be let down into the presence of Jesus I know what it's like for people to look at me when I was going through what I didn't want to go through and keep giving me Jesus and I'm determined that this church will be the church that looks to whosoever in the eye and says you are welcome here give him praise hallelujah you go ahead and give him praise hallelujah thank you Jesus saw their faith it's like they put in their ATM number and the person behind them got the money I'm going to tell you something <laughs> thank you Chuck for getting that I'll tell you this people stand in the gap with their prayers but they can also stand in the gap by believing for you Lazarus got a miracle, but he's dead. He had no faith. He had no faith. But his sister said, if you had been here, but even now what the Father gives you, I'm going to tell you, you may have some situations in your life that seem dead. I think about, uh, I was on a conference call helping another ministry and one of the prophets and famous pastors, I'm just there um, for reasons I can't go into in another place in the United States, but helping. And one of the prophets said, this young man that we're dealing with said he's a prodigal. But said the one thing about the, the, the chapter where the, they look for the lost coin and they look for the lost sheep, it never says the father went looking for the prodigal. Never says he left and went looking. Why? He knew the prodigal had his seed in him. And he knew eventually the seed would come alive. And that which was dead would come alive. I'm telling you, you can believe for people in your life even when they don't have the faith. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Your faith can stand in. And Jesus does this thing and he says... Uh, your sins are forgiven. That's okay. That's one of those cut and paste that didn't get stapled. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And I imagine these men that are carrying him thinking, that's not what we came for. <laughs> he can't walk. <laughs> He's paralyzed. You mean I carried him all this way? <laughs> he had gotten his sins forgiven at home. We just tore the roof off of someone's house. We didn't even know who this house belongs to. And now we've got to pay it. <laughs> and you're going to forgive his sins. Mm. Holy Spirit. What do you do when the first need Jesus meets is not the need you thought was the top priority? What do you do? What do you do when he goes to meet a need and that's not the need you were asking him for?
So many times when I'm praying with people at um, other places, I remember in Puerto Rico, um, the second time I went just kinder, my friend went with me, and that Sunday night, I've told you before, we, the Puerto Ricans are so beautiful, and they want me to pray for them. There was the, the church ran 10,000, and I was working from one end to the other while my friend Kinder was on the other side, and I was having to work with interpreters, which make it double hard. Some, you know, it's English, and if not, we would go use the interpreter. But I noticed something there I noticed often. They would come up for their leg, but Jesus would start talking about their heart. They would come up for their back, but Jesus would start talking about their marriage. It's because sometimes Jesus uses some issues to get you to close to him. And you say, I didn't want to talk about that. I've seen it with Pastor Billy, who we'll have next year. I've seen him do that because sometimes he will go, someone will come up for something else, and he'll go straight for the heart. He's done it with me in severe times years ago. He would go straight for something in my heart because God knows he has to do a work in you in order to do the work through you. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we're like, Jesus, you have a different assessment of what I need and what you think I need. And Jesus, I, could, I guess, could say to the paralyzed man, yeah, you're worried about the outer man. You want to walk first. But I want to say to you, your sins are forgiven. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? It's because Jesus may have known that some kind of guilt and regret weighed this man down. Something weighed him down so much. That's why Jesus said he wasn't a paralytic because he had sinned. But Jesus saw the inner condition, and he was carrying guilt over something he could not make amends with. And Jesus thought, I want to say right now, because I want to lift you up, because you don't, maybe Jesus was thinking, you don't feel worthy to get this miracle. I love what Pastor Billy said to Tiffany Sally. I quote it all the time. Jesus doesn't heal you because you're good. He heals you because he's good. And she got healed miraculously right here. But at least sometimes what, what we're not believing that we're worthy of. Is there anything this morning you might be believing you're not worthy of? Maybe Jesus wanted to deal with what the man was wrestling with inside. And maybe sometimes we're praying for each other. We're even praying and we're talking to God about one other thing. He says, let's talk about this. No, 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 I came to you for this. No, let's talk about this. I came to you for this. No, let's talk about this. I came to you for this. And I always hear Holy Spirit say, I know you came for this. But Rhonda, I want to deal with this. Maybe our unworthiness, our faults, our past, our inconsistency, our human weaknesses. He wants to get some things out of the way. And then he says that powerful portion of Scripture. And he says, get up your mat. Get up. Take your mat and walk. And right here, I imagine that the man would have said, if I could have done that, I wouldn't have been here. If I could have picked up my own mat and walked, I wouldn't have been here. But maybe Jesus gives you and I instructions that we thought we could not do, so then we would find that we can do it. Can I get an amen? What he said is get up and carry that, listen to me, that has been carrying you. Pick up what's been carrying you, but now you carry it. Carry it now.
as a testimony. Carry it now as a door of hope. Carry it now as a trophy. Carry it now as a sign of miracle, of miracles in your life. You see, those things that used to carry you and I, the Lord is saying we're going to pick them up and we're going to carry them and the church of the whosoever will lift up our mats and say, if Jesus did this for me, Jesus can do it for you. Can you give him a shout of praise a shout of praise and I love this he got up and he took his mat he took picked up I remember many times in my life I picked up what had been carrying me and I began to carry it he came in through the roof but the Bible says he walked out everyone say he walked out in full view of them all, in through the roof, but out through the door. Jesus has a way of doing what no one can do because he is king and he changes everything. Hallelujah to his name. Hallelujah. Maybe you came in as a sinner. You came in as hurting, despondent, or broken into life. Jesus says, you don't have to go out that same way. This opposition became an opportunity that no one saw coming. Track with me. I'm almost done. I'm going to pray over you. Life's greatest opportunities are not always so obvious. And you wonder why Jesus did this because the Pharisees in the room begin to argue. They watch the man get healed. He picks up his mat in front of them all. I'm telling you, when God lifts you up, he'll march you out in front of anyone that ever told you it could not happen. When God picks you up, he'll march you out in front of if you have any haters, if you have any doubters, walk out and get them saved and say, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes hallelujah why Jesus said because this is bigger than you I'm showing them that I am that I am listen for our close God will use your gifts and your talents that's easy no it's not pastor yeah yeah it is what's sometimes a little harder when God wants to use your life when God wants to tell a story through your life it's harder gut-wrenching sometimes to revisit things we have no idea what Lazarus gifts are but we know his life preached Jesus was the ultimate roof crasher Jesus was the ultimate one to say I'll make a way where there is no way I want to tell you right now even in Jesus life for every season that you're going through there may be times that you feel like you're walking and barely going and not fainting but Jesus is still using you in that season and the season will end can I get an amen there may be a season that you're running hard and the hard everything that used to be easy is so hard and you don't understand if I could just go back to where it was easy and God says you keep running because the wind of the spirit is coming and you're gonna soar again can I get an amen and you may be barely walking and not fainting just barely making it you feel immobile and paralyzed everything that you try to do seems so hard and Jesus says hold on the season is changing when Jesus walked the earth 
he was soaring at the Mount of Transfiguration. He was soaring when the crowds pressed in. He was soaring on the wind of the Spirit when he's feeding the 5,000. He was soaring at so many moments of his life, but he was also running hard. Don't forget, he was part man and part God, and he was running hard. The Pharisees were after him. He had to escape them several times. They would chase him down. He would get so much opposition, but he kept running, and the Hebrews writer said he kept his face like a flint on the prize of the end. Can I get an amen? And then there was times he was walking and barely not able to faint when that cross bent a young man at only 33, when they bruised his hands and they bruised his feet. Hallelujah. And they put the crown of thorns on him, but he kept going while the Holy Spirit told him the truth. You are the Son of God. You will redeem mankind. And I want to tell you, he began to soar when the Spirit of the Lord after the third day said, Jesus, it is time. And he resurrected him from the center of the earth to the right hand of God. And today he is soaring through you. Somebody stand and give King Jesus a shout of praise in this house. Come on, I'm done preaching. Just stand and praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, as you pray for each other. Oh, this has been one of my favorite sermons ever, but I love pastoral sermons. I'm so sorry. You want to come see me tear the roof off? Come with me to another place. But here, I'm going to be a pastor. Is that okay? I'm going to be a pastor. But I'm going to tell you something. Whatever it is in your life, His promise still stands. Spirit of the Lord spoke to you. Different things were said and you felt something in your heart, and your spirit. That was Him speaking to you. That was Him drawing you in. It's time to get in the presence of Jesus. I want you to find someone and just grab their hands. And I want you to begin to pray for them right where you are. I want you to begin to pray for someone. Maybe face them or come across the aisles. It doesn't matter. Just take someone's hand. The promise still stands over your life. The miracle may look different, the journey, but there's some weight in this room that the Lord wants to relieve even now. Would you begin to pray for that person? Come on, use your words. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this hand that I'm holding. I pray, Lord God, for the weight upon them. I pray for the weight they're going through for the promise. Lord, I thank you. Your promise still stands over every situation in their life. I thank you. Your promise is still legitimate. It is still verified. Lord, I thank you today that when it's too much, you will lift that weight off of us. And Lord, I'm asking for supernatural grace, supernatural strength, and supernatural peace right now for my friend that your promise still stands. For my friend that's in the season of soaring, Lord, bless them. But for my friend that's in the season of hard and things just keep getting harder and harder and they used to be easy. Lord, ease them with the wind of your spirit and those that are in the season of walking and just trying not to faint and it seems to be too much. Let them know you are mindful of them. You know their name. You know their address and the moment is coming that they will see the glory of God. Lord, I pray for this hand. I pray for what 
whatever they're carrying. And I pray for their gifts and their life and their talents. That they're called to be a connection to the whosoever. Lord Jesus, we speak your name. Now somebody give him praise all over this house. Come on, give him praise all over this house. Hallelujah! Woo! Woo! Now I want to pray for us and the whosoever, can we?